my friends, it's Andy and Hetty coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California for the Living Fearless Devotional. How are you? I am fantastic. You're home, safe and sound. <laughs> just just flew in from Texas, and I'm not going to say, boy, are my arms tired. That would be way too obvious. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Some of those jokes just take me a while. I was just like, why would your arms be tired? Because I flew in from I got it. Corpus Christi to Houston, then Houston to I Orange County. It. It's a lot of flying. Hey, what do people uh, need to know about resurrectministry.com? I don't know. What do you <laughs> what do you gotta say? Hey, I I have I have my part, you have your part. Okay. Your part is to tell people about resurrect ministry. Resurrect ministry, meet Jesus where you are. Resources to deepen your relationship with you walk with Christ, or if you've never met him. Go check it out. He'll meet you where you are. It has, we have audiovisual um, stuff. <laughs> I'm not good at co commercials. And Book record. We're back. <laughs> we have no idea what's going on with the internet. It switched over to my phone for some reason, but we're back. And I see that so people are two people are still hanging in there. Thank you. <laughs> stay, stay with us. Yeah, we're having weird internet problems. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. But anyway, we're going to continue on. We're reading uh, from Morning by Morning by Charles Spurgeon. Hello, Cindy. Nice to see you. Thanks for hanging in there with us as we had that little weird thing going on. And You're sick. sick. Oh no. There's such bad, weird flus. I was going to say something that was a little inappropriate, <laughs> but I, <laughs> what? I was you. It was, it was a Trumpian comment. Yeah, yeah, we're back. We're back, and then we're back. Oh no, we disappeared again. No, she's saying that we're back because we took a few days off because I was. Uh, in, no, I she said, "Hmm, you're gone." And now we are gone. But no, I think we're back on. I, there's a delay. I think that's from when we were gone. So Cindy, let, let us know that you're still on. And that uh, and we're still on. <laughs> you may still be on, but yes. are we still on? I'm just getting over being so what? Uh, Iris, what's going on? Well, wait till Kate and Mary, Kate, Kate and Mary, Kate Mary jumps on and tells us about her spinach update. Oh, it's been pretty bad. No, but she's alive. Thank God. Well, that's good. All right, should we get into the reading? That yes. way we'll give it a shot here. Um, so again, Morning by Morning by Charles Spurgeon for December 20th. 
And the reference is Jeremiah 31.3. It says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Mm. Charles writes, Jesus often expresses his love to his church. Ralph Erkstein, or Erkine, Erskine, <laughs> Erskine. He, he's Scottish. So, you know, uh, he wrote, um, he described it well in these words from one of the, one of his sermons. Jesus does not think it is enough to express his love to his church behind her back, but in her very presence, he says, all beautiful you are, my darling. Although this is true, it is not his typical method, for he is a wise lover, knowing when to hold back the expression of his love and when to share it. Yet there are times when he makes no secret of it, times when he makes it plain beyond dispute to the souls of his people. The Holy Spirit is often pleased in the most gracious way to witness to our spirit of the love of Jesus. He takes of the things of Christ and reveals them to us. And though we hear no voice from the clouds and see no vision in the night, we have a testimony from certain, uh, more certain than e either of these. Even if an angel from heaven to inform a saint personally of the Savior's love for him, the evidence would not be one bit more satisfactory than that produced in the heart by the Holy Spirit. Ask the most spiritual of the Lord's people, those who live closest to the very gates of heaven, and they will tell you they have experienced times in their life when the love of Christ toward them has been such a clear and certain fact that they could no more doubt his love for them than question their own existence. Yes, beloved, both you and I have experienced times of refreshment mm. in the presence of the Lord, times when our faith has soared to the utmost heights of assurance. We have had the loving confidence to lean our heads against our Lord, just as John was blessed to do, and, and have had no more reason to question our master's affection for us than John himself. In fact, we have even less cause to question his love, for even John asked, is it I who will betray you? And that dark question has been taken far from us. He has kissed us with his lips and has put our doubts to death by the closeness of his embrace. Thus, Jesus' love has been sweeter to our souls than wine. Aww. So what do you think about that? Have you felt that, that love from him, that yes. kiss on your cheek, on your forehead? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to ask our audience if they have similar experiences where you're at your deepest, darkest time in life and you're crying. I mean, like I, I two times in particular, I distinctly remember because I was bawling my eyes out. One was over Zara, worried about her. And the other was just the uncertainty of my own life. Mm. Uh, it was just, you know, moving around, changing houses, not knowing what was going to happen. Not married yet, of course. And and I just felt his love so strong. It was so beautiful. Mm. It was just awesome. It's yeah, it's an indescribable feeling. There's no, there's no vision. There's no fireworks. There's just this sense that the spirit gives you that he loves you so much. And what I love about this, and I don't know if this comes from what Jim says, but we should read that too, that he, isn't it so amazing that he does that to each of us in our own ways and sometimes even simultaneously, like how many of those are happening to millions of people around the world simultaneously? Mm -hmm. And that each of us can feel we are the ones that Jesus loved because 
He loves us in such a special, unique way, answering our deepest and darkest fears, needs, insecurities, or whatever they may be uh, in, in that unique way that would only make sense to us. Right. And he does it to everybody that way. Isn't that amazing? Yes. That's, that's really cool. I mean, I, I was a Muslim for so long, I could tell you that nobody, nobody that I, I have ever met, and I've met thousands, thousands, hundreds of thousands of Muslims uh, that said, oh my God, Muhammad loved me so deeply. I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine being anything but a Muslim. Mm. Like it's never love that draws people to Islam. It's always, it's the discipline. It's the, you know, it's, he's the last prophet. It's either um, a intellectual rationalization or I need order, like an AA. <laughs> you know, like I need order. Allah sounds like the guy who's going to give me order, you know? And, right. But it's not this love affair. It's not like the way even Spurgeon describes it, where he kisses you and he loves you with this undying love and just the, the Bible and its love story to humanity. There's just no other religion has that. Even Buddha is like, you are a cockroach and you're going to come back and you're going to hope to be a caterpillar. And maybe one day you'll reach nirvana, you know, this enlightenment, and then you will have arrived. But it's not about drawing you to love. It's not about a salvation. It, it's just, that's how we know Jesus is the truth. It's, yeah. It's a miraculous message. Well, obviously, the, the time that I felt it for the very first time, in a, in a way that was not messed up by me, because <laughs> I'm sure his he was sending down love, but because I wasn't receiving it, wasn't, you know, wasn't recognizing it. Right. Um, I didn't feel it until the first time that he stood in front of me and, and he was just there. I could just feel, it felt amazing. It was a love like you, you don't, you've never felt before. That yet you've known your whole life. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing. I always, I always do this and I say this all the time, but men have a problem I think sometimes with Christianity because of this thought of love and, and a the lover. way and a lover and, and being the bride of Jesus Christ, but it's completely different. It, it's not, it's not that kind of love. Yeah. I mean, you can have infatuation for a girl. I love you. Um, when I was gone this time, uh, I, for whatever, whatever reason, I, it, it was harder to be away from you these last oh. three days. <laughs> I just like, God, I wish, I wish Hetty was here. And I just like, I don't know. It was, a, a, it's, um, I don't know. It, it's, but that's a love. Yes. And, but totally different. and seeing you and seeing the Christmas tree. That, that was... Persian Muslim converts designed a tree this year, folks. <laughs> I think we need to photograph it for you. My uh, daughter was so excited to do this for Andy. And yet so depressed that it looked ugly. I had to keep reassuring her, which I was basically fibbing. It looks that beautiful. It was, I was like, it's fantastic. Oh, it's it our first effort. It's fantastic. It looks beautiful. I love it. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, maybe I forgot. But um, no, I mean, that's love. But I just want to share men who may be on the fence or maybe seeing this for the first time or listening to us for the first time. And I've not explained this, that it's, it's, it's a different love. It, it's the assurance that, um, that you will be in heaven with him someday, that everything, no matter the pain, no matter the difficulty, no matter when you make a mistake, like I made today with my uh, uh, 12 year old son, um, 
and that that hurts but i know that god is still with me then god doesn't forsake me for you know some of the dumb things that i i do or forget um and that love is maybe even something i missed from my my father my earthly father right there's there's love that i got from my father and my parents i don't want to say that he never got me but even that does not surpass the love i get from from jesus yes different kind of love yeah I don't, and it's a it's a masculine love it's it's when we think of love again the men go to this place of oh, you know what a wuss you know what a <laughs> it's it's not it's a, it's an amazing restorative um, yeah I, I it's just it's fantastic it, it is fantastic and it, once you have it and you maintain this relationship and even though when you make mistakes it's 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 never gone you can always go back to it because you you know he's there for you yes and uh, it's amazing i will never leave you or forsake you yeah everlasting everlasting <laughs> yes and that is another well, i mean i had two more things so yes. Where it often shows itself. So, I mean, we could kind of like get kind of used to it mm -hmm. and almost forget about it for a period of time. And then, and then we're reminded. And I think that's the important part about being in the devotional that we are because we're reminded, right? Those are good times to be reminded because we're actively reading his word or reading the word of somebody else that's, you know, talking about, you know, the scripture and the gospel. But, um, Going to a church like we do with Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, that actually reads the gospel. Uh, there's, you know, whatever it is, 2,000 to 3,000 people in each um, service that cumulatively with, with people in that church. Corporate. Yeah. Corporate love. <laughs> because by the end of the map, we all walk out like, wow, look, God is amazing. I right. mean, the, the, what we learned today, what we heard today just just shows you how much God loves us. And we, we walk out of, of a message um, or if we're even watching online, you know, we, we just hear a, a message of God's love in a, in a corporate setting. So a group of people um, feel it at the same time, which I think is amazing too. That's why we love that church so much. Yes. And we'll- And there's something about corporate worship also, praying together, calling on the Holy Spirit together, the power of his presence when your pastor has an anointing, the people you're surrounded with are lovers of Christ and lovers of God. Uh, it, it, yeah, just the energy in the room, the the spirit that's in the room is extraordinary. But I just want to make sure and emphasize the one thing that I, I said is that also is that it's reading from the Bible. Right. <laughs> Not making stuff up. Right. <laughs> right. That's where we go, huh? And we kind of leave a little bit weirded out. Like, you just ruined God's love for me. Yes. <laughs> that was twisted. <laughs> that was not That was not right. I heard a man just now. And I then did a, not hear God speaking through a man. I just heard a man. And then I think also, you know, we go from the huge church of Calvary Chapel and then to the smaller church. Even though it's smaller, it's still a group uh, of people together to enjoy uh, the presence of the Lord inside of our home for our home church yes. at Mariama's or even our life group on Mondays, wherever we're at with, um, uh, you know, other believers where we can sit there and really talk about God's love. And so it's a great thing to do too. I think it's pretty awesome. What is, what's, what are our people saying? Uh, it's agape love. Yes, yes. It's a very special, it's got its own name like no other on earth. Yep. 
And Cindy says, I need to hear he's not leaving me. <laughs> I'm praying sick 101 fever. Yeah. I'm glad he loves me and you all. Amen. Yes, for yes. sure. And it's there's something, <laughs> it's like when you said that sometimes we forget or we get lazy or it's in the back of our mind. There's something that'll happen as Cindy's experiencing even now with sickness to remind us. And um, my daughter's been uh, sick for a week now with some just weird sickness. It's just, she's vomiting all the time and goes from hot, like cold sweats. And it just, I got, I got really frustrated today because it's like, even the medical profession that, you know, the, the doctors around us are just kind of like, take this medicine. It's almost become robotic where everybody's sick all the time. And you're just kind of like, what is happening right now? And you feel this heaviness because it just doesn't seem right. You know, cause all of these illnesses have some weird uh like insidious component to it it's just like you know what's happened with the, just the common flu it's like voting in this country where even if everything was supposedly okay you're suspicious of everything now <laughs> you know what i mean we're just suspicious of everything and it's so <sighs> upsetting because things that used to be the serenity that we once had in this country of being a great country and we abide by law and order we believe in peace and security. We have constitutional protections. All of that is in question now. Yeah. Even to down to our physical well-being. And right. I think this is, you know, this is the demonic oppression of not only the attack on the United States, but I think God's grace slowly lifted mm. from us because we've been so spoiled by God's grace in this country that as he total as he slowly moves his hand away, we feel all of the consequences of that. And so we individually need to seek them out even more fervently because otherwise we'll just feel like this is, this is just a disaster. And I'm sure even if, if Kate was on, she tells even in Australia that in other countries of the Western world where they've always felt privileged and blessed and, and you feel God's wrath um, or the beginnings of a wrath because the believers were not supposed to suffer God's wrath, um, but you feel his, is turning away. Hmm. Well, you're bringing up a really good point that I have actually a question. Okay. Because um, when you say that, lifting his hand of protection off our country, but not us as believers. Right. So <clears throat> even, because I, I used to get this early on when I was, before you and I even met, and I was doing these devotionals and I was also doing a regular show on politics and what was going on <clears throat> and <clears throat> encouraging people to vote and to pay attention to what's happening in the news and to be aware of all these things. And, and so it was, I was having a, a whole bunch of people on listening to the political stuff and listening to what I had to say and saying, okay, we're all going to get out and vote Andy. We're, you know, thank you for, you know, giving us this information, all this kind of stuff. And then, then, it you didn't know, work. then it didn't work. And, and they began, they began to just go, oh, you know, they just lost it. Like, yeah, we did well, that's everything. That's what happens when you don't do it for God. Oh. It's just like anything else. Yeah. It's just like your marriage, right? You abide. How do you know that I was going to, that's what I was going to, that's where I was going. <laughs> it doesn't matter because, whether it's, it, it works or not. Yeah. You do it because God's commanded you to do it and you get the blessing from him. Hmm. So we have an eternal perspective. We want to go to the Bema Seat of Christ and be like, Lord, I stood for your word. 
I stood for your values. I executed them in my home to the best of my ability with my friends. I loved you. I loved my neighbors. If people needed help, I tried to help them. You know what I mean? Like we want to, we want to stand in the Bema seat of Christ and be accountable. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether it worked on earth because there weren't enough of us or because God's plan was different or because Jesus is coming. A whole multitude of factors. We're not attached to the outcome. God has the outcome. What we're attached to is our culpability in the process. Same with our marriages, right? Yep. Is that we don't, we, it's not a quid pro quo. You know, we're not keeping a score sheet. Love doesn't keep a record mm-hmm. of wrongs. Love is kind. Love is gentle. Love is patient. You know, all those things of 1 Corinthians 13 is about what we give to love. Not what we receive. <laughs> <laughs> give this and you're going to get that. No, it's not. There's no, there's no equation there. It is just give. Mm. And we give for Christ's sake. Right. Because if you look at your spouse and you're like, I just did, rah, 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 and he didn't yeah. give me, rah, 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 or she didn't do anything, but I'm not doing this anymore. Oh, that's doomed. Yep. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Let's do the scripture and then we'll read what Jim has to say. So, Jeremiah. Jeremiah 31 3. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love and I've drawn you with an unfailing kindness. Jeremiah is the weeping prophet because though this particular verse is of God's love for his people, it's filled with God's disappointment with the Israelites. Mm. And they were at a time of deep corruption. And so Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet because he was constantly praying to God um, for how corrupt the nation had become. Song of Songs, 4-7. You are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. It's a good tattoo. Yeah. (laughs) Mark 14, 17 and 19. And when evening came, Jesus arrived with the 12 at the Passover supper before the crucifixion. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. And they were saddened. And one by one, they said to him, Surely you don't mean me. Mm. That's it. Wow. Can you imagine sitting there at the table and you were just like partying with Jesus? <laughs> and, and he tells you that. And you really, pro- I mean, I'm, I'm, I would believe that at the time they thought there's no way. Well, been, only the one who did it knew. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 just the fact that they're questioning, like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, I feel like if I had been there, you know, with him when he was preaching and healing and, and doing all the things he was doing, I was there watching it all and being a part of it and seeing it, that I wouldn't even I wouldn't have even asked. Like, I don't feel like I would have asked. <laughs> Because that's your conceited. <laughs> but I, but I want to believe. Like, gosh, how could these guys have been there the I whole time? I, I, I would have wondered. Really? Well, because if you believe in his foreknowledge that he has oh, got incarnate, that, that. then you're like, oh no, is it me? Do I fall? And notice the difference in the language. He says, "One betrays me," but he said to Peter, "You will deny me." So even he didn't even categorize Peter's denial as a betrayal. That was so gracious to Peter. Hmm. But the one who did deny him, the one who did betray him, Judas, knew when he was saying it, it was him that he was referring to. But he still went and did it anyways. 
Yeah, but then the other guys were saying, is it, is it me? Right, because how would you know? He knows all things and you believe he knows the future. I would have been, I would have been strong enough. I would have known. I would have known. I, I mean, you would have been like Peter. Like, I would never deny you. <laughs> I will die for you. He's like, wah, wah. <laughs> Peter was out like a light. <laughs> and, the, and then we talked about it the other day, but just the fact that Peter, so he had three denials, two back to back. The third one was an hour in between. <laughs> so he had an hour to consider, wow, that's messed up. <laughs> And he just told me, I'm going to deny him three times. I've already done it twice. And then when guy comes and says, it's like he didn't think to himself, I better not do this. I better not do this for the third time. Wow. So amazing. Uh, Nicole Schmoll. Hey, Nicole Schmoll. Nice to see you. I love it when you're on. Merry Christmas. Not just because I like to say your name, but I love it when you're on. Merry Christmas. Um, yeah, gosh, I just really think that I would... <laughs> you'd be better <laughs> yes i'd be better than the 12 disciples oh there you go <laughs> confidence like only andy falco has Fantastic. i would have I hooked arms with jesus and let's go bro i'm the one that jesus loves yeah, he loves me the most <laughs> wow but you know geez uh uh, thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. <laughs> All right, let's read what Jim has to say there. Hedia, go ahead. Four times in his gospel, John refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. This may lead us to pose the following question. Did Jesus love John more than the others? Well, the obvious answer is this. Of course not. And Peter confirms the answer by telling us, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. In this, in this verse, Peter is referring to how the Lord accepts men from every nation for salvation, but a strong case can be made that Jesus loves everyone equally for God so loved the world, John 3.16. If Jesus loves everyone equally, then why did John refer to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved? Well, perhaps it's due to the very personal way the Lord loves his own. He loves each of us so deeply, intimately, and individually, meeting each of us at our own point of need. In light of this, as a believer in him, each of us should feel as though we are the disciple whom Jesus loved. Remember, Jesus also expressed great love for Lazarus after his friend's death. For the Jews said, see how he loved him. Mm. Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible. That is, um, that's what I was referring to earlier. That it's just, it's so deeply personal. It's so specific. It's not... And people say, sometimes people evangelize by saying, you know, Jesus loves you. And some people mock that, like, what does that mean to anybody? And sometimes even Pastor Jack has said, like, don't go saying that to people with no context. They don't understand what that means. And sometimes, um, especially for people that have uh, left the church or have strayed or backslidden, but have known Christ in the past, when you say that to them, it actually does have a special meaning. Because they remember this, there is a time in their life where he loved them so individually that he would experience it. And like I, you know, like I said about Islam, there's, there's no way a Muslim would say that, that they have individually been touched by God's mm -hmm. love. And so I think that's what makes, you know, the message of Christ, the gospel, even that much more spectacular, individual, true. Mm -hmm. Wow. It just, this, interestingly enough, it reminds me of 
me with my kids and you've heard me say this before <laughs> that somebody will do something and they'll, they'll say thank you you know and they all say thank you after dinner and stuff like that but they'll say thank you like before somebody else does like they'll do it first yes. and i'll go oh you know what that's why you're my favorite yes but they but i you know they all know that no you say to all of them. i say to all of them <laughs> at different times and that's where i feel like i'm getting this too where jesus makes you feel like you're the favorite yes and that that's the i think that's a, a, an important lesson we can learn from jesus is that that's what our, our kids should feel that too yes. that, that there's that your love is so great that there's no doubt how much you love them and and they probably know that you love the other ones just as much right even if the other ones are more of a pain in the ass than the other ones <laughs> But the love is unique. It's, it's specifically tailored to that mm. child. And that was the problem I had. That's why I was agnostic for so long and the sex crimes detective. You know, when they would, we, I learned that, you know, this guy, now that he's in prison, found Jesus. And I, and I did not want to think that Jesus could possibly love him more than me. Like, it's just like, I'm not going to. Not more than, equal. I'm not going to go to a religion where he loves me le at the same level as a as a guy that I arrested for child molestation because I was amazing. Because you were amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so sin free. Yes. <clears throat> oh, that's so funny. I just was thinking today uh, the. <laughs> so just really quick, I just got to lay a foundation. I was in Texas testifying in a court case involving detection dogs, and there's this idea that this one agency has about dogs that they, you can train a dog to smell somebody that is illegal, that is concealed, no, that is concealed or visible that in a car, if we can see them or the dog for that matter, can see them, they smell differently than when they can't see them. And I'm just, I, I find this so stupid. <laughs> Commonsensically, no. And I know why I thought of this, but at one point, I, I just was, I was on the stand. I said, do you, do you think that the driver somehow, <laughs> when he's visible, he's orderless and the guy, the, the defendant, he's about, he's about 500 pounds in an orange jumpsuit. I said, I said, you're telling me that that guy right there is odorless because oh, we can the see the driver him? is the one that gets arrested. Yeah. Not he gets the, arrested. Not the guys that are concealed. <laughs> no. Oh, so really, is that always the case? The concealed guy, the guys that are trying to jump. Well, they they get not... handled as illegals. Oh, they get let in. They get they go they get, free. Yeah, yeah, they go free. <laughs> they go free, but the driver has to go to prison for ten years. Yes, okay. <laughs> so I'm sorry, this has nothing to do with broken, the, our broken immigration system. <laughs> this has nothing to do with devotional, but it's just the the absurdity. And now I think back now that you know, I, when you said so, what you're sinless, like you're odorless. <laughs> And it's just as ridiculous now that I think about it. It is just as ridiculous. Yes. So I hope that, I don't know if that made sense to any of you. It makes perfect sense to me. But uh, the ridiculous. I mean, just it, think oh, about like, it. Can you imagine sitting in a room full of dudes and being like, I think I have less sin than you and I'll trade you. I mean, like, who would trade mm -hmm. with anybody? Because you have no idea what anybody in the room does. That's why, that's why Jesus doesn't. You know, when he forgives a sin, he forgives all of it. He nails it all to the cross because trying to compare them and rate them yeah. is a is a worthless effort. And that's why he had to go to the cross because he, he probably saw that it's just futile. 
So we're all equally smelly yes. and we're all equally sinful. Yes. Um, but I got to tell you, though, it was one of the most difficult parts of of that understanding. But once I got it, it, it makes total sense. Just like go. just like odor. Uh, wow. We had a few. Hi, Kate. Here. I've been talking about you. Hope, hope you're feeling better from your spinach poisoning. <laughs> yeah. She has been, Hetty's uh, been giving more detail than she probably should. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, I love being his disciple. Yes. Yay. You know, that, it's another thing. Go back to the disciple part of it. And that is the, the, the idea that I could be a disciple or the ideal that I'm a, a priest. Not a priest. Yes, you is are a, a royal priesthood. A, 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 yeah. It really was not something I was prepared for when I learned this. That that is it. I mean, I mean, just all these things. I thought, well, you would have to go to school and university and go to Biola and get a degree before you could be a, a disciple or a pastor. And then I learned later. I go, no, no there's a, priest is different than a pastor. <laughs> well, I mean, there have people that. Uh, so you know, a, yeah. a priest or be able to to give us or you know a, a message to yes. to stand up what I do in our home church. Yes, like I, I never would have thought that I could do that. And it would be allowed, like somehow I'd get like lightning would strike me. <laughs> yeah, actually, that is a really cool point. Because with the priesthood comes uh, the ability, the anointing uh, to preach the gospel. Pastorship is shepherding. It's a gift. But priesthood, we mm -hmm. all have. And that is why we are to go and make disciples of all peoples in all nations. Because we have the mantle of priesthood, hmm. which when you think about it is, is quite awesome. Yeah. It doesn't require a degree. It just requires the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and love of Christ. Yeah. We don't have to have all the answers. You got the book. You got the book to read from. Just read from the book. Exactly. <laughs> easy, easy and powerful. Like you said, you go, you take over. Hey, got it, got it. And uh, Kate's, uh, Telling Cindy, hope she feels better. Yeah. And uh, Nicole is wondering about the concealed versus unconcealed, inconcealed, visible. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> Physical human. Yeah, it's crazy. It really is crazy. Uh, no sin is greater than another. Yes. And then Kate says, is she's all over her spinach poisoning. Yay. That's good. No more of what Hedy had told me about. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. We share. It's just like a home group. Yeah, exactly. We share stuff. Um. So, was there? Did you always have? I'm just trying to figure out how to ask this question because I was thinking I had to think about you being a Muslim <laughs> uh, for a period of time too. But did you? You never. You never had a problem with thinking about who, who would be forgiven and. Like it was hard for me to think of murderers and rapists and all those people to be that they would be forgiven. No, well, in Islam, it was different. So this oh. is what pissed me off. Okay, <laughs> it was wow. that if you convert to Islam, your sins are forgiven. You're washed clean. But if you were born a Muslim, you're not. You're accountable for all of them. That really pissed me off. I was like, I don't understand why because my parents were Muslims. I'm accountable. Because I did a lot of bad things, you know, I came later and I was like, no, I do not accept that. Well, like, well, you become washed clean when you're born again 
And oh my goodness, I'm having this revelation. So that, so the, so Islam stole that from Christianity. They gave that idea of being washed and forgiven from Christ's message, but only gave it to the converts. Hmm. Probably borrowing from the concept of being born again. As he was saying to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born from above. You've been born once of water. You must be born of the spirit. So Islam must have borrowed that. But that was extremely upsetting to me. Yeah. I mean, sounds so unfair, so ridiculous. Hmm. But there was definitely no concept of love. There was no concept of God loved you and you're in this love affair with God and the uh, it was deeply personal. No, it was like it was like the religious Olympics. Very similar <laughs> to the way people describe to me being an Orthodox Jewish person is. Right. It's just a whole bunch of rules. Wow. Marcos. Hi guys. I just got in from the veteran military ministry in Ontario. Well, that sounds kind of awesome. cool. Yeah. What's that about? Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to think if I saw a Facebook post that he might have had one. Because Marcos is a veteran, right? Yep. Yes. But I've been on a plane for a few hours. So, yes. Hey, can you believe that I was on a plane to uh, Texas from Orange County and then from Texas back to Orange County? Both times I was sitting next to a, a baby. Yes. And most people would say, no. Oh, no. Really? That's horrible. Both times the baby slept all four or five hours, however long the flight was. That's amazing. Both of them. That's, that's Different babies. That's a blessing. Didn't have, uh, you know, they didn't, uh, you know, have a, um, you know, a, a hour long tantrum or anything like that. They were sound asleep. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty good. Good deal. I just wanted to share that, that, that you know, it's good. God, God is good. God loves me. Yes, apparently. <laughs> a lot. You're the disciple Jesus loved. Now, this is a funny story. Kate's saying, a plant, a weed that causes hallucinations grew with the spinach and a lot of people got sick. It pays to eat the frozen spinach. I actually always eat frozen vegetables and all the druggies raced out to buy some. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> that's hysterical. Where are you buying your vegetables from that you would, that would happen? Right. I was probably the organic place because, you know, they grow the weed, weed right next to it. Marcus is saying front site military outreach. He's not a veteran, just a supporter. Oh, I thought oh. you told us you were a veteran. Somebody else in church must have come up to us and yeah. said they were a veteran. I Very was cool. Well, veteran. that's awesome. But you do that. Yeah. Way to go, Marcos. Um, oh, I've been meaning to tell you also, the law enforcement ministry at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, is uh, putting a trip together to Israel. <gasps> With Jack? I don't think that it has... That, that, I don't think Jack Because Jack there. has not publicly announced this, no. this real trip. But this one's like $8,000 a person. It covers the flight, the hotels. Oh, I'm not going. Jack's not going. We're waiting to go with Jack. <laughs> you don't want to go with a bunch of cops. No, I want to go with Jack. <laughs> no interest in going with a bunch of cops. I mean, I'm sure they're all nice people and everything. Uh -huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? It's the law enforcement ministry. Who runs that? Maybe it's Shadrach. Who? I wonder. Who's no, it's the not. Group. I know. I know. I don't know his name, but I know who it is. He he does most of the announcement announcements about the law enforcement ministry. I've seen him. Yeah. But is he like the pastor over it? He's the leader. I wonder who the pastor is because there's got to be some pastor that leads the trip. <laughs> I don't know. I'll forward you the email that I got. Are we going to church tomorrow? Church tomorrow. Church yeah, tomorrow. Um, oh, at Calvary Chapel? Yeah. We probably we should. I think we can because the kids don't have their friend's church thing going on. Yay. So I think we should. 
So yeah, we'll be going to Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills tomorrow. If anybody's going to go, make sure you are you say hi to us when you see us there. Yeah. All right. Anything else, my love? No, I, we made it through. I have some more flight stories. No. I have some other things. No. I'm sure I can think I of. I thought you were tired. <laughs> I am. But, Andy, but, Andy was dragging his feet here, and I now was, he's just Mr. Chatterbox. <laughs> I, I was, but God's love gives me energy. Yes. Maybe it's my team. Do you ever notice? And I think this is so funny because uh. sometimes... <laughs> No, so, sometimes when we sit down and we get and we're reading through the scripture and reading through the devotional, um, I can yawn five, six, seven times. Like I'd be so tired. But once the show starts and the camera turns on, ready, action, action, I'm perky. The end, I'm perky. And then I don't want to, I, I don't want to leave my you, friends. You don't. <laughs> I want to keep talking. If I listen to Andy on his political podcast, I can hear screaming from the other room, and he's like, "And, and, and another thing." And, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, this is such a cathartic release for him or, to be able to scream at this the camera." And always at about the 45 to 60 minute point of my of rant. my of my rant, I go, "I was going to come on and only talk for 30 seconds." Oh yeah. <laughs> There you go. 30 minutes, you mean? Or 30 minutes. So you're going to talk for 30 minutes. And yeah. here I am. And they, people probably just go, I know. You say that. Say that every, every time. time. Yeah. Kate, one last thing from Kate. One would need to behave on that trip. No shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine going on a week-long trip with a bunch of cops and not. I mean, that would be a first. With no shenanigans? With no shenanigans. Yeah. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> I know. I almost want to do it just for that. Just to see what it, what it's like. Because that would be amazing. I want to text Jack tomorrow and see if he's going. Maybe he's just the surprise leader mm, of the group. I, I don't know. Uh, Kate says. However, cops unleashed may be lots of fun to hang with. <laughs> He'd be saying too. Yeah, see, that's Andy's point. <laughs> hey, Marcos, love you. We love you too. too. All right, my friend. All right, all of you, thank you for joining with us, especially with our little hiccup there at the beginning. If you're listening to the podcast, and you're wondering what that long little space was with no audio. Uh, our internet went down for a second for whatever reason. Um, so I'm sorry about Maybe that. Maybe we should have put that announcement at the beginning. Yeah, I would <laughs> I would fix it other than it goes up automatically. I don't have any control of it so that the audio automatically goes up. So I apologize. And please remember to like, subscribe, and share the broadcast. YouTube, Facebook, whatever it may be. That's super helpful to us. Oh, look, at, we have one more. We have uh, Angel joined us. Says, Marcos, you know, hi there, beautiful soul. Peace and love sent to you. Inbox me for your accurate reading. <laughs> Marcos, would you like your fortune told? <laughs> funny, funny, funny. <laughs> All right, my friends. Uh, we love you guys. Oh, don't forget edify, E-D-I dot, uh, E-D-I-F-I dot A-P-P. Like and subscribe. We are members of the Edify Christian Podcast Network. All right. That's it. Love Good you. Good night. Take care.